Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everyone? This is another episode of Catfish on Ice. This is episode 123 of yes. Catfish on Ice with your hosts, Chad Minton and Rich Howe. Rich, how are you doing tonight? How's everything going? Doing good. Um, just still reeling from that win. I know you oh, were there. It was amazing, right? I was there. My luck continues. My good fortune yeah, right. continue when I go to games. I've had some... I'm really good luck. I'm not saying I have anything to do with it, but it does know. seem like I got a little bit of good luck on the team when I go to the game in person. Hey, I'm, I'm about 50-50, so sometimes it's good, sometimes not so good. So I guess that means that I'm going to have to start finding ways to go to every game, but that's going to be really hard for me to pull off. But, well, uh, well, I mean... I got I to gotta do it for the team. I got to do it for the Nashville, team, I guess. I the Predators should definitely give you some season tickets. So listen to this, Rich. Uh, the, the guy I went to the game with on Tuesday against the Flames, the guy that had had an extra ticket for me, my buddy, Alex. Shout out to Alex if he's watching tonight. Um, sure. Alex has season tickets about 10 rows off the glass behind the goal, but kind of to the corner a little bit, so you get a perfect oh, angle. Corner. Yes. Yeah. And corner that, those, are his season, those are his season tickets. And um, – he already slated me in for game six of the first round if the Preds make it there. Awesome. Man. So, Preds, don't Please. let me down. Uh, you know, he's got a rotation of friends. So, he told me I can't. Oh, I, just, he said he can't yeah, get me in true. game three or game four, but he said he's got me on the rotation for game six. So, the Preds, the Preds, Preds you got to push it to game six at least. At least game six. Yeah, I saw some of your pictures. It looked like it was a good time. So. Oh, it was the best. I'm not even exaggerating here. I've, I've been to so many games in my life, but those yep. are probably the best seats I've ever had. And it's just because of the view of the ice. Yes. Uh, you, you really get an appreciation for the play developing. You can see mm-hmm. everything happening. It's just the perfect vantage point. The yep. only time it's kind of not the best is if it, all the actions on the other end You've really got to pay attention, or you've got to use the uh, jumbotron. Right. But yeah. it's still like the best yeah. seats I've ever the been, last, uh, been lucky to sit in. So yeah, yeah. The last couple of times I went, we were in the section where the Lexus Lounge is, but we weren't oh, yeah. like in the Lexus Lounge area. Um, That's a good area. Right, right in, right in that corner, man. Those are the those are the best seats because you can the corner see, seats. You can see the whole ice. You can see everything. the play develop. Yeah. But I've always said this. I've always said this. There really isn't a bad seat in that place. No, I mean, no, not at all. Even if you're sitting up in the 300s, which is where I'm always usually at, the same. You still got a great view of the ice. Mm-hmm. It's a great experience. There's a reason why Bridgestone Arena is always voted one of the best sports arenas in the yep, world, for sure. Not just the country, but the world. So shout out to Bridgestone Arena. But for sure. um, awesome. Yeah, they were great seats. Shout out to Alex, my friend. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, 
he reads all of our stuff on predlines.com. He's a big fan of, of that, but he also checks out the podcast. Uh, I haven't got him on the YouTube thing yet. I don't know if he has a YouTube account, but wow. really, really good friend of mine. And I uh, really appreciate him a lot for bringing me to that game. Yes, all right. We sure. are, we are presented by DraftKings. We're a part of the hockey podcast network. We hope everyone's having an awesome week coming off that thrilling oh. three to two shootout win over the Calgary Flames. And, and, you know, like I wrote an article about this on Predlines yep. earlier in the week. Every time the critics, including myself, you can throw Amen. me in on this. Amen. Every time we Amen. want, every time we want to doubt this team, they literally uh, channel their inner Lee Corso, which is the college football <sighs> guru who likes to say not so fast, my friend. Uh, that's what I, that's what I woke up thinking about, about, about that game at on Wednesday morning, thinking about that game was, yep. um, the press just keeps saying not so fast, my friend. What do you think about it, Rich? Yeah, I, I was just sitting here thinking if people listen to um, episode 122 when we were with the barn burner guys from Calgary, mm-hmm. um, they probably thought that we were like the worst fans in the world because like we were so down and like just we were like everything is just horrible and bad. And then look what they did. They proved us wrong yet again. Uh, I mean, I was really not thinking it was going to end well, but it ended great. It was a great, it was a great game. Great game. It was very enjoyable for sure. Yes. It was one of those games where um, I got to tell you, it was just, first of all, the, the biggest thing about that game that I got from it was how it was probably one of the best defensive games the Preds have played all season. It's got to be in the top three or four best defensive sure. games they have played all season. And we're really going to recap this game, but just to just to kind of give you a little bit of a of what really stood out, the Predators they came in extremely focused for that game. They they treated it like yes. it was a playoff elimination game, and that's what I really appreciate about this team is that they do know when their backs are against the wall and they got to get a win. I got to give them a lot of credit for that. They're also really bad about having um, really bad games out of nowhere. And they've had plenty of those this season as well. So they're very helter skelter and that's what really drives us crazy. But I will say that that game against Calgary on Tuesday night, they treated it like, you know what? This is a playoff preview we are still playing for our playoff lives here. Let's treat it like it's a playoff game here. For sure. And yeah. it had a playoff atmosphere to it. It really did. There were a lot yeah. of Flames fans in the building. Not a ton. It's not. It wasn't like a Blackhawks game or a Blues game. But there were some Flames fans in the building. I had a guy that was sitting right behind me. I saw that. Um, who was such a nice guy. It's That's like, awesome. I can't even talk trash to you because you're so nice. Yeah. Right. It was like you're taking all the joy out of it. So nice. <laughs> yeah. That's but usually really the way was. it goes. But this guy knew his hockey. He was so smart. Like he knew everything about the oh, sport. Awesome. He was like, he was kind of commentating the game as it was happening to his girlfriend, mm-hmm. which kind of annoys me, but it's okay. But he was still a really nice guy. And we were really having a good conversation and a good little back and forth as we were heading into overtime. That's cool. And so that was a lot of fun. It was a great game. Yep. We will recap this game further in our opening face-off coming up here. So for stay sure. tuned for that. We're going to give you a quick preview of the next <laughs> matchup, which is against Tampa. 
It Ugh. just doesn't just doesn't get any easier, Rich. Grinder, man. The rest of the season's a grinder. It's not good. But we'll see what happens. Mike Twitter's in here. He said, we represented how all of Preds Nation was feeling about the Preds at the time. Seems like it. True. But to be fair here, I, that one really inspiring and gutsy win still hasn't changed my overall thought process of this team, right. which is they've still got a lot to prove to me before I'm yeah. like ready to think that they've changed or that they're ready to actually do something For special sure. in the playoffs. We've already been very, very adamant about this. They might sneak into the playoffs. That's still – what does that really mean if they just lose in the first round again? So, yes, yeah. it was a very impressive and exciting win, and you love that. Kudos to this Predators team for focusing and getting a win they desperately needed to have against a very high-quality Flames team. Yeah. Kudos to all of them for that. For they sure. responded, but it takes more than just one game like that for you to change my mind. Yep. Yep. We'll get we'll into it more, that. but we're really going to look ahead to this Tampa Bay Lightning game in a little bit because I'm telling you, what scares me about this Tampa Bay game coming up is are the Predators just going to do a 180 and give us another really bad game? That's what I'm afraid of. They can't. Because if they, they do that, if they do that, it pretty much erases <laughs> – the win over Calgary. Let's say the Predators, again, I'm being devil's advocate here. Let's say the yep. Predators go into this game against Tampa Bay and they get beat 6-2 to two or 5-1. to one. It's another complete just lopsided loss, which we've seen happen three times in the last month now. For sure. Well, that Calgary game is really not going to mean much anymore. We're going to be right nope. back to square one again about this team. So what I'm saying is, and I wrote this in my Predlines.com article, I need to see this team string this together for several games. And there's only – they've only got five, you know, five games left. So, five. I need to see them really finish out this five-game stretch playing like they did against Calgary. And then yep. you might you might just give me a little bit more confidence. But until then, whether you make the playoffs or not, you're going to have to prove something to me. All that Calgary – uh, win means to me is okay they want to make the playoffs they're probably almost certainly going to get in the playoffs now that's all it really means to me yep and then could get swept but we don't know uh, i don't see this team as a team i don't see this team as a team that's going to get swept even if they play yeah. colorado the way they play and how hard they play they could i could see them doing what they did against carolina last year and pushing it to six games yeah, somehow that's true. but as far as actually getting a first round win We'll save it. We'll save we'll it a see. little bit later in this episode, yeah. For sure, for sure. Let's also, on the playoff theme, we are going to go back and look at some of the best individual performances in Preds playoff history. And awesome. we will tie that into this current team. Me and Rich will both list some players on this current team who some of them are obvious, most of them are obvious, and we're going to talk about some of these players about how they're going to have to do that this year for sure. These similar for type sure. performances that we've seen this team do in the past. As a lot of people don't realize this, especially team uh, fans outside the Predators fan base, mm -hmm. just casual hockey fans. They don't realize yeah. that if the Predators make the playoffs this year, it'll be their eighth consecutive year of making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked it up. I don't know who else has done that, but that's pretty pretty good run. 
but, would be a good that would be a good thing to research. I'm not sure either yeah, how many more teams have, have made that but, many. I know Pittsburgh's got to be up there for that. No, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they. But are. we don't have the numbers in front of us. Yeah, I do not. Didn't even think about it, but. And we will round out this episode with our NHL quick hitter segment. We've got some really good topics around the league that we need to touch on. We will do that fast paced, <laughs> rapid fire to close out episode 123. The stupid seal. Well, if you don't count the bubble, I think we can count the bubble, but the bubble know. does go down in history count, as a playoff appearance. It was, it was ugly and weird, but. <laughs> The Stanley Cup qualifiers counted as a playoff appearance. It did officially yep. in the rule book, in the record books, count as a playoff appearance. Yep. So we might disagree with that and think, no, that's dumb. It shouldn't count, but it did in the playoff record count. books anyway. For sure. It's all good. All right. Like we said, again, we're presented by DraftKings, our awesome sponsor. We'll tell you more about DraftKings later in this episode. We do have our promo code THPN for a really good NHL offer this week. You need to really take advantage of that. We'll tell you more about it later in this episode. So, yeah, so I was at the Calgary Flames game this past Tuesday. It was um, probably one of the better games, I, one of the more exciting games I've been to in a long time. Got a chance to talk to uh, our friend Boyd, who's been on oh, the yeah. podcast, at Penalty Box Radio. He was at the, he was at the game. That's Got cool. to talk to him a little bit about it, so it was good seeing him again. And it was a lot of fun. But the, as far as the game itself is concerned, really what stood out was, again, the defensive performance that the Preds put on. It was a really good team defensive effort. They totally protected their worn-out goaltender that has made the most starts in the NHL right now, and that is, of course, UC sure. Soros. They protected him. They made him – they made sure he had an easy night and didn't have to make too many crazy saves. They did the opposite of what they've shown us do a lot of times, which is Soros has got to put up a 40-plus save performance to even – give the team a chance to win. That was what really stood out to me. What stood out to you, Rich, in that game against the Flames well, on well, Tuesday? Well, well, definitely that. They owed UC Saros a big, huge, fat apology, and David Riddick, for that matter, uh, for what they did happened <laughs> in the Blues game. Um, yeah, just the de the defense was good. They were actually uh, passing well, it looked like. You know, there passing was a couple was good. Little, little things. Uh Forsberg got back on the score sheet, which was awesome with a goal. He hadn't scored a goal since April 1st, and it was a quite the shot uh, power play goal in the first period. Um, mm -hmm. Matt Duchesne got one. Uh, just it was it was just a good all around effort, and it shows how well they can play when they play their game and don't try to play the same game as their opponent. And that's what it takes against teams like the Calgary Flames. Yep. And I will say this, talking about potential first-round matchups, and it really comes down to either Calgary or Colorado at this point, there is an outside chance that the Preds could finish in the top three. It's mathematically possible. And it's still mathematically possible that Calgary does not win the Pacific Division, although Calgary can wrap that up tonight against the Dallas Stars, no less. Please beat so, so a team that we were just rooting against and playing against on Tuesday, we're now fans of. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so, our friend, uh, our friend Clint is in here. He looked up the the playoff appearances. Pittsburgh leads with fifteen in a row. Preds and Capitals are tied for second with seven apiece. Look Thank at Clint. Look at Clint coming in awesome, strong man. there. Hey, awesome. uh, so we're, we don't we normally do uh, we do clutch performers of the week on Mondays, right, Rich? Yes. 
Well, it's not sure. Monday, but guess who our clutch performer of the week is? It's going to be Clint Landers for coming oh, up with that real. stat right there. For looking, for looking nice job, Clint. That's a really yeah. good stat you just shared with us. Perfect. That's, that. what, that's why we love all of our listeners and all of our YouTube uh, viewers because yeah. they really do build the podcast and they do a yeah. great job. And so we love our we love all of our listeners and all of our live viewers on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So Clint, thank you for sharing that awesome stat for there. Sure. So I I figured it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. I knew that yeah. they've been in the playoffs like call. so many years. 15 yeah. in a row is insane to think about. Here's the difference and Preds fans aren't going to like this. The Penguins <laughs> actually have cups to show for it. We do they not. Do. They do. I hate to say it, I'm just being objective here. What's up cups. Lindsay? Lindsay's in the chat. Lindsay's the big uh, Calgary Flames fan, but she's also a Predators fan. She adopted the Predators as her yep. second team, and she said, I'm glad you had a great time. It was a weird game for me to watch. I was sad and happy at the same time. Yep. Lindsay, I'm sorry you had to go through that experience because I know how it feels when you are when you see two teams play each other that you love. I'm a big football fan, and when I have to see the Titans play the Green Bay Packers, that's kind of the same idea for me. So it's it's very confusing, but um, I guess you can get a little bit of um, solace in the fact that the Flames did not need that game nearly as bad as the Predators did. No, yeah, you can take it it that way. Absolutely, I got some crazy. So here's another thing that ties into how I think the Predators played one of their better, most disciplined Mm -hmm. games that we've seen in a while. Not just defensively, but look at this. The Predators only had six penalty minutes in this game. What? That's very low for them, Rich, and you know that. (laughs) Six penalty minutes. That's like – I don't even know if that's like possible ever again to ever happen. It's crazy. I might see see like a UFO fly over my uh, sky and land on my front porch before I see uh, the Predators have that low penalty minutes ever again in a game. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, that's big though. That was key. And that I is. really did know I really did notice in the game that they were playing a very disciplined style game. They were still hitting. They were still yep. playing their style, but they were playing smart. They weren't chasing the puck. They weren't being put in these positions where you have to commit the sloppy penalties, like the tripping right. penalties, those tripping penalties where your stick gets caught out there, or those hooking penalties where you're you just you're getting beat and you get frustrated and you throw your stick out there and you get mm-hmm. you get called for a, a cheap hook. You didn't Absolutely. see any of that. You didn't see that the the Calgary Flames did get one power play goal in this game, but yep. for the most part, the Preds were really smart defensively, and it showed also in the low amount of penalty minutes they took. So that was big. Awesome. Yep. Predators <clears throat> got a power play goal. It's been a while since they've got one of those. It seems feels yes. like I don't know exactly when the last one was, but I looked it up right before we came on. They're still seventh in the NHL for the power play. They're hanging around. Yeah. Hanging around. I was a little I was a little surprised cuz it seemed like it's been a while, but I guess it hadn't. So yeah, that was well, good to see. It also feels like they haven't been getting a lot of power play opportunities lately. Like I, sure. yeah. that might just be me just making something yeah. up totally, but it feels like they haven't been getting as many power play mm-hmm. opportunities lately. But um, another thing that's very impressive: so they keep the penalties down to six penalty minutes, but they still find a way to rack up forty hits. So it's not like they were playing um, cautious, or it's not like they were uh, not playing their style. It's just they were playing a very clean game, yep. a clean game. Yep. And yep. so to get 40 hits 
but only six penalty minutes, that's a really big positive ratio for me. It's a good and then round. also, they got 18 block shots, which is a really good total there. Uh, Dante Fabro had four blocks. Alexander mm-hmm. Carrier gets three blocks. Alexander Carrier, I've, I've said this in the past, not enough people are talking about how good of a season Alexander Carrier is mm-hmm. having, as also he is considered a rookie this year. So we got to throw some more love to Carrier. He he racked up three block shots. Yossi had three blocks. Janot had two blocks, seven yeah. hits. And Mark Borowiecki also had two blocks and seven hits. And for whatever reason, Mark Borowiecki felt like he didn't want to be in the penalty box too much that night. That was another shocker. No fights. We had no some fight. scrums, but really no big fights yeah. in this game. Yeah, I mean, they hadn't played each other in a long time. so I wouldn't But you know, know what? It's kind of surprising. It's also kind of surprising that you didn't see any fights in a game like this because both teams play very similar physical, hard-hitting styles, and both teams probably realize that they will end up facing each other in the first round. It's Mm -hmm. still very possible. I don't remember which penalty Calgary committed, but – it might have been the one when they when he hit when somebody hit Colton Sissons and he went down and they were saying that he flopped. Uh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I can't remember who did it. It was um, um was it was it Mangiapane? I was I was gonna say Mangiapane was the guy. Yeah, I'm pretty but, sure. That's um, it was. And it was he was, he was angry. I, it I was could, definitely was like, a well, it was a game changing penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Right. That was a that was a kind of a fork in the road point of the game there. Yeah, and it was kind of a bang bang play, but mm-hmm. I think it was a penalty. I do, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased. I truly, objectively feel like it was a penalty. You've got to pay attention to where you're skating. You've got to know where you're at on the ice, and it. For sure. You know, I mean, it's yeah. an unfortunate penalty to take at that moment, but yeah. I think it was clearly a penalty, and it was one that just really benefited the Predators in that situation. But um, you look at this game here, so this is something I really took note of, and it goes back to the defensive performance from this team. Going into the third period, Rich, Mm -hmm. the Flames only had 12 shots on goal. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. They finished the game with 21, but they entered this third period with only 12 shots on goal. That's a winning formula for, for any team. For sure, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was the the 21 shots allowed is the lowest they've allowed since their 8-0 win over San Jose on March 5th. Their other lower totals on the season, they allowed 19 to Chicago in a 3-2 win on December 17th. They allowed only allowed 16 shots to Detroit on a December 7th 5-2 win. They yep. uh, there were two other times where they this season where they only allowed 21 shots on goal. It, weirdly enough, when they played Buffalo, we did a watch along episode for this game. When they oh, only yeah. allowed when they only allowed twenty one shots to Buffalo on January thirteenth, they still lost that game four to one. Yeah, but that's a very rare thing to happen. That's like such a fluke to lose a game four very to strange. one when you only allow twenty one shots on goal. So, in yeah. other words, that might be your blueprint right there for the Nashville Predators and the way they yeah. play their style. If they're going to do anything of significance in the playoffs, they're going to have to figure out a way to – I mean, you're not going to hold teams to that low shot totals very often, but they got to figure out a way to to keep it from Soros having to stop 35 to 40 shots every game. That's just not going to end well for anybody. The dudes wore out, man. Quit, quit. 
Quit making him take so many shots. He did make some. He even though he He only faced twenty one shots, he did still make some really good saves in this game. Some clutch saves. I don't want to say that he didn't. He just had a completely easy game. The Flames didn't test him. The Flames did have some good opportunities, especially in the third period. They ramped it up a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it was still nice to see Soros kind of get a little bit of a break and let his defense play well in front of him. It was a really refreshing thing to see. Oh. Clint coming through again. Pretty sure that was Calgary's lowest shots on goal this season. Uh, Clint, do you need a job? Do you want to be I'm our right. official stat guy? Oh, can just, like, Clint can just like <laughs> come in and give us the stats every episode. You That's know, and we'll. So the <clears throat> the winning formula for the Predators: try to stop, try to limit the other team's shots on goal, stay out of the penalty box, and get your hits in, but make sure they're good and clean. I don't think that's asking for too much. No, no, it's what they should do every night, especially with the way this team plays. I mean, you you should yeah. hang your hat on limiting the shots on goal with mm-hmm. the style you play. There's some teams out there where that's just not possible. They don't play that style. Right. They they play an up and they they they're a speed teams. Mm-hmm. They play up and down the ice. I'm thinking about teams like the Florida Panthers, uh, yeah. where they just they're running gun. They're counterattacking constantly. They're gonna; those teams are naturally going to give up a lot of shots on goal because they're constantly pushing the pace. Sure. A team like the Predators, they have to make these games a little bit more, um, uh, just yeah. like gr- grinded out type of games where, yep. <laughs> and they have to score more than the other team. Very yep. good point that Clint makes there. You do need right. to score more than the other team. That is very, the very important. Will have more goals than the other team. Why did that should have been the number one reason? We brought up like penalty minutes and all these I other know, things. All and other Clint's like, you know what, guys, you just got to score more than the other team. Yeah, he makes a good team. point. He makes a solid point. I'm gonna do yep. some research on that though to make sure that's actually uh, true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't but write that. A, I didn't write that in my it, notes. It was a good all around win. Um, I know Calgary was. I think they they were. It was a back to back for them, right? It was a back to back. We did sure face their back. We did face their backup goaltender of Alar, goaltender who yeah. is a giant, by the way. He's a big dude. And I can promise you that the Flames did not lose that game because of him. That dude no. is massive, and he made a lot of really good saves. And that was one of the reasons I liked the seats so much, is because you could really get a good right look there. at both goaltenders yeah. and. Comparing uh, Soros, no offense to Soros, but comparing Little Soros to to Valar <laughs> was like, like it really just makes it even more amazing and incredible and unbelievable how much yep. of a world class goaltender UC Soros is when you really see right. how small he is for an NHL goaltender. Yep. Whereas yep. you look at a goaltender like Valar, <clears throat> or Valar looked like Pecorine out there as far as his size. The dude is massive. I gotta look Imagine, up his actual Vladar. I'm calling him Valar. Vl- I think Vladar. Vladar. I, think I don't really know a lot about five. him. I'm pretty sure he's six foot five. Yes, he's six foot five, one hundred eighty five pounds, twenty four years old. He's only got twenty five games of NHL experience, and he's got twenty of those twenty five yep. games yep. tonight or this Imagine. season. So sorry for calling him Valar. Uh, Lindsay, Valar. where were you at? You should have been there. Uh, Correcting me on that. He. Uh, but he, he was, was actually a, um, it was huge. He used to play for the Bruins. Uh, he was I impressive. Believe, I thought he played really well last season. But he was he was like third in line behind 
obviously Tuka Rask, and then that was when they had uh, Yaroslav Halak. I think it was the first year Vladar came in, and then Swayman just took over for the for those guys. But what what he needs, I almost called him what you called him. You imagine six foot five, but have Andre Vasilevsky's pads. How big he would oh be! Gosh, yeah. You wouldn't be able to get the. He'd be as wide as the goal. You wouldn't be able to even shoot. That's why Saros is so impressive to me. It's like he's. He's, he's not your pro, he's not your prototypical like sure. large goaltender NHL goaltender and he still figures out a way to be one of the best at it in the league. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but um, but up next I did notice have, that. Well, let, let, let's get let's give our quick thoughts about Tampa Bay. Rich, how about you get us going with here? Like because again, this game scares the <clears throat> scares the crap out of me because um, I yes it's not a must win game like the predators are sitting pretty right now as far as making the playoffs at this point all yeah. the pressure is on vegas right now like they they did yeah. eke out the two points and they beat the washington capitals in overtime i watched they that did. game last night and it was a very exciting game uh we're going to touch on alex ovechkin later in this episode because he had a really huge massive milestone but um Golden they Knights are, are not going away. They're hanging around, and you still got the Dallas Stars. You've basically still got three yep. teams fighting for two wild card spots, and you still got the LA Kings, who could possibly—is it still mm-hmm. mathematically possible that the Kings could fall back? Oh, uh, absolutely! Yeah, they've yeah. got ninety-two He's points. Got ninety-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegas has eighty-nine. So you really, really, really—you've <laughs> got five teams because Vancouver has got at 87 points. Vancouver is definitely in must win territory. Vancouver has to win. Vancouver has to win the rest of their five games while also hoping they get some help, but you can't forget about Vancouver. They're still in it as well. But the point of the matter is the predators are in a very favorable position to make the playoffs. They totally control their own destiny at this point. Uh, They would have to literally lose their last five games and then every other team around them would have to do really well to pass them. So the Predators are in a good spot to obviously make the playoffs. I think they're around 95% according to moneypuck.com, yeah. which uh, is such a great website, especially this oh, time yeah. of year. Like sure. you check, I check it every day. Like I'm checking yeah, the weather. Tons like, of stuff on there. Absolutely. Like there, like there could be severe thunderstorms in the area, and I'm like, I got to check moneypuck.com first. <laughs> See if they got the percentages of if it's going <laughs> to hail. Oh, it dropped 0.6% last night. Oh, my god! <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hilarious, it's, but it's such it is, a good website. Yeah, it's such a sure. good website. Yeah. Well, Tampa Bay is always going to be scary no matter what. Um, the they're, At this time of year, you know, they've already clinched. They're third in the Atlantic. Um, I know they don't usually sit people – uh, to, to rest them as much as other sports do. And these guys are so competitive. They're obviously going to play the hardest. It doesn't harder. happen in hockey very much. It doesn't happen in hockey very often, unless it's like the last game or whatever. Because that's what happened last year when they played Carolina, the very last game of the season. Like, Yossi didn't play. They just had a whole bunch of people. Yeah, if it's like the last game of the season, then, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they definitely like to rest yeah. people. But here's the thing about Tampa. They still do have something to play for here, uh, Rich. They are just one point from having to fall back into the wild card. They are now that I'm looking at that. So yeah, you're right. All the even though all of your Eastern Conference teams are locked into a playoff spot, no one can fall out of the playoffs. You're still kind of battling for seeding. 
And I can I can promise you that Tampa would prefer not to fall into the wild card and have to play Florida or Carolina right. or even New York possibly in the first round. Because you've also got in the Metropolitan Division, you've got a battle for that division. Both Carolina right. and the Rangers are tied at 106. So That's really, right. if you're playing an Eastern Conference <laughs> team this time of year, yep. they're definitely not resting players because they do still no. have some stuff no. to play for. Yeah, for in sure. Terms so of seeding. You so, wouldn't see anything like that, but you know, Tampa Bay is always going to be a tough opponent. You better uh, be ready for their best shot. I don't see Tampa. Tampa's not going to go half speed. They're not going to even go 80%. Tampa's going to go 100%. Yep. They still have something to play for here. Preds better um, be ready. You'll probably and see it's, it's another Vasilevsky. tough test. Yeah, you'll probably you see Vasilevsky. What I really um, hate about this matchup is I don't think the Preds match up well at all against a team like Tampa. I really don't. Um, it's just, it yeah. feels like, it feels like a game where I hate to be so I negative agree. here. I, I do think the Predators <laughs> played a very, very impressive game at the stadium series. Last that's time what I was going to say. Late, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the game we really have to go off of here for this season, obviously. And yep. the penalties undid them in that game. We, if we remember. It, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's what I was going to bring up. You know, they they played well against them, you know, and it was a uh, – they won by one. Um, they hung with them pretty much the whole game. It's just those penalties killed them. Um, you know, last season at this time, obviously Tampa Bay was number one in the league. Vasilevsky is – you know, he's beatable this year a little bit. You can get some pucks past them if that's who winds up being in net. It's just – it's going to take – it's going to take an all-out effort from the Preds like it, like they did against Calgary. And Calgary was, like like we said, it was a back-to-back and against their, you know, their backup goaltender. And, you know, they still won by one in a shootout. So, Tampa's going to be yep. tough, obviously. So, they need um, to be, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, let's let's at least get a point out of this because if I'll you're really, like, if you're really wanting to seal away this playoff – uh, birth here, and you, let's say I would really prefer for the Predators to have the playoff spot locked up before the last two games of the season. Yeah, yep. is that so sure. much to ask? That la- that back to back to close out the season against Arizona yep. and Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. the season finale is going to be against Arizona. I would really prefer that last game of the season to not mean anything. Well, it still yeah. could mean something because it could be about wild card one or wild card two. Oh, no, it's true. Yeah. But either way, I am just really hoping that the playoff spot is locked up before that back to back to end the season. Yep. Me too. If you go Somebody into that <clears throat> real quick, if you go into that back to back, still having to worry about possibly falling out of the playoffs, I want no part in that. I don't want oh, any yeah. part in that. Um, and that nerve-wracking feeling that we're going to have if they go into that game against Colorado, going into a back-to-back, still yep. having to do work to lock up a playoff spot, no thank you. Yep, for sure. Um, and then, you know, after Tampa Bay, you got Minnesota coming to town. I got to think that David Riddick's going to play at some point the rest of the season, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta find some opportunities to get David Riddick in. I don't think he's a liability to the point where he's going to lose a game for you. No, I don't. I just I don't, don't feel that way. I know a lot of fans do feel that way about him. 
I wouldn't yeah, start. I, I'm definitely going Soros against Tampa. No, for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. because Soros has got three days off now. The Preds got three days off. It's really nice that Soros is basically going to have five days in a row off, where yep. he's only going to have to play one game. In the game against Calgary, he wasn't overworked. <laughs> True. So Soros should be able to somewhat come in fresh against Tampa. Then yep. yes, you absolutely start Riddick against Minnesota, <laughs> and then. I mean, you can see everything work out around you. Like maybe mm-hmm. Vegas loses a couple more times. We'll see what happens. Wow. We got to look at the full schedule here. But if some things work out in your favor around you, and let's say you mm-hmm. can at least get one point against Tampa, let's say you can eke out at least one point, and then let's say you can, you, hopefully, you can go into Calgary um, the following Tuesday to where you, you're really just smooth sailing, and you yeah, can get hopefully. pretty. Get Riddick another start or two in that last three game stretch. Let yeah. Soros get a really solid long Absolutely. rest, and let Soros come into that series, that first round series, completely fresh and ready to mm-hmm. go. Yep, Absolutely. that's the goal. Somebody <clears throat> on Twitter, I guess it was Monday, had a scenario a scenario where the Predators could clinch the the wild card spot if they beat. Tampa Bay, but I think it was it would have meant Vegas had to have lost last night. Yeah, the magic and number I, I think is, is at it? four. Okay, which the, okay you you can attain the magic number by other teams losing or by yeah. you winning. So if the if the Predators can get four more points, they're in regardless of whatever happens around them. But yeah. they can also still get in regardless of what they do if mm-hmm. if if Vegas loses or if you know like I think that's kind of where it where it yeah. falls right now. Sure. So um, a lot of things can happen. the The odds are extremely in the Preds' favor that they make the playoffs at this point. But crazier things I'm sure have happened in the past. Yeah. But um, that's why the Predators still have to play every game like it's an elimination game. Absolutely. And quite frankly, it feels like they should be playing like this for like the last month now at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been some stinkers, that's for sure. They're giving us like – they're they're making us like hurt, like make our hearts hurt. Well, you know that's how they always do it. They're never going to oh make it gosh, easy man. on us. They're never going to make it easy on us. Never easy. Uh, Tampa's playing Toronto right now tonight, and they are winning four to nothing over Toronto, just Ooh. whooping them, putting a whooping on them. Austin Matthews so, Tampa did lose <laughs> oh. to Detroit four to three earlier this week. See, any of them can lose to any other team. Yeah, it's it's proven. It's fact. Every team has lost to somebody not that good this year. Everybody's got even Colorado has lost to someone not that good this year twice, and that's to the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. But uh. If, if one team has nothing to play for and we can't take too much stock in tonight's game against the Maple Leafs for the Lightning, it's the Maple yeah. Leafs. They're at 108 points. They can't move up or down where they're at. They're at, they're yeah. they're 10 points out of first place. They're eight points ahead of third place. <laughs> yeah. So that game really doesn't mean much at all. So yeah. I'm sure you know. that's why part of the reason Austin Matthews isn't playing tonight. Exactly. Um, I saw but, a quote. The, the coach said that he looked good this morning during the skate, and he'll be playing. But yeah, there's no reason. To, why would you? Why would you? Yeah. Exactly. If I was if I was coaching that team, or if I was in the front office for the Maple Leafs, there's not a chance in hell I would be using any of my best players at this point if I'm running the Maple Leafs. Yeah. 
team. I think I think they still are though, because uh, the only two that they said were out. Well, I don't know who all was out, but I know Matthews wasn't playing and Jake Muzzin wasn't playing. Well, so. I mean, you can't you can't gut your entire team, but I, what I'm no, saying no, is, no, no, no. Yeah. I totally agree with them not playing Austin Matthews. I mean. Yep. Could you imagine if you threw him out there for a game that really doesn't mean much of anything for for them, and then yeah. he gets hurt and he's out oh, for the yeah. playoffs? I mean, yep. Toronto, I mean, that city would literally – you'd have to move and change your name and go into witness protection. For sure. <laughs> so For you know. sure. But yeah. Tampa still does have something to play for. Like we just said, they could fall yep. into the wild card, and I'm sure they don't want that to happen. So you better yeah. be ready to take Tampa's best shot. Yep. We'll see what Absolutely. happens there. One thing to go back to the Calgary game, and maybe I'm just being prisoner of the moment here, but I do really think that a Preds-Flames first-round series gives the Predators a puncher's chance to get out of the first round. Not because the Flames are a bad team, but because sometimes it's about matchups. Do you match mm-hmm. up well with a certain team? I think the Predators match up very well with a team like the Flames. They definitely did uh, Tuesday. Yeah, I mean that was that was a really that was a fun game to watch, even with everything um, on the line. That, and we're like, you know, they got to win or whatever. Just being a fan of, of hockey, just watching it, it was a good game. Yeah. So, I think it's yeah, a right. series like that could go seven games easy. Yeah, I would still. Yep lean towards the Flames winning that series in seven. If you made me predict yeah. the series right now, I would say Flames in seven. Yeah. But I do think the Predators match up so well against a team like the Flames where maybe they could yeah. pull off a uh, first-round upset. I give the Predators a better chance to beat the Flames than, than I do if they had to play the Blues in a first-round no. series. Yeah, I, I hate to say that, but I agree. And again, that's not a knock on the Flames. It's just about no. how you match up with the team. No, but I agree with what you said. I don't – I wouldn't see them winning, but I think it would be a good matchup. The Flames just have too many scorers, man. They're they're just so talented. Like Tachuk and Gaudreau and Mangiapane, and they're just shooters. And, it's and, awesome. and they get their starting goaltender back in there and Markstrom. I mean, yeah, they're mm-hmm. – Yep. Justin Gambino's in here. What's up, Justin? I almost want the Preds to have to play to the last game. This current team can't handle time off. You're right. You're one. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Justin. But still, I I can't handle it. I can't handle going into the last game of the season against Arizona, a lame yeah. duck Arizona team that has nothing to play for, no pressure on them at all, and then you Trap. have to go in that game and win that game. That scares the you know what out of me. Don't yep. want to see it happen. It's a trap, for sure. A trap. I also really do not want to see the Predators back into the playoffs. I do not want to see them play horrible over these last five games, but they still get in because other teams around them lost. And then they come into the playoffs just completely like sputtering and like there's no excitement around the team because they look so bad. No, I need to see this team prove something to me. They took the first step by beating Calgary on Tuesday. They didn't prove anything to me by beating Chicago on Saturday, the, the win before that. No, nah, that meant really. nothing to me. That meant nothing nah. to me. I'm sorry. Beating teams points. like Ottawa, like getting some of these, like, yeah, it's good to take care of business, but I need you to see, I need to see you beat legitimate playoff teams right now. They did it yeah. against Calgary. They've got another chance to do it against Tampa on Saturday. Yeah. I need to see it. That's what's, that's what's going to make me a believer. If they yeah. back into the playoffs, then it's going to be really hard 
for people to get excited about another playoff performance. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's, it, yeah. it happens every year. They make the playoffs. What does it really mean? Yeah. It, it, I can't remember what, so was it the third game, the third to last game when they had it clinched last year? Was that when it was, or was it the game two games before the end? I don't remember, but I remember we were all kind of scoreboard watching and we were yeah. all kind of like, well, they, 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 they squeaked in. Congratulations. Yes. You got the Carolina hurricanes. Yeah. And that wound up being a really it did good series, you know, four straight overtime games, four games yeah. in a row went to overtime. Yep. It didn't obviously pan out like we wanted, but you know, everybody counted them out and thought that the hurricanes would just roll them and they did not. We that's all what, let that. We yeah. We all let that series feeling pretty encouraged. Like, look, we didn't expect yep. you to get to the second round this year. You pushed yep. the hurricanes to six games. <clears throat> you yep. could It could have gone to game seven. Like I said, that last game that went to overtime as well. Yep. And you kind of tipped your cap. You're like, look, it sucks to lose, but you made it. This year, yep. I'm not feeling that little, way necessarily. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Especially Justin, consider especially considering what this team did at the trade deadline. I mean, they didn't really oh, do yeah. enough to they, – right. they, they, they got to stop straddling the fence of being, do we want to be a retool team? Do we want to be a rebuilding yep. team? Or do we want to go all in? It's like yep. you can't have it both ways. Figure out what your plan is. And sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like this front office doesn't have a plan. They're just no, winging it. doesn't it. feel like it. Justin earlier in the chat said, get those uh, those uh, 2016, 2017 vibes going, and hopefully that would be what it That's is. Good point. That would be amazing. It kind of feels the it's same very, way. It's very eerily similar. <laughs> yeah. I know one thing. <clears throat> if something happens and they wind up getting knocked out in the first round or whatever, the front office had better have a good plan in place to go – spend some of that money and get some more uh, scoring. Something. I mean, <laughs> Something's got to change. I mean, you absolutely have to get Philip Forsberg re-signed first. That's and number that's, one. I mean, that's you get one. that knocked out, then you get a huge weight lift off, lifted off your shoulders. Like, I'm sure, yeah. I don't even know if David Poyle's getting any sleep anymore. Like, I'm sure he's oh, just yeah, like, I don't know. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. All right. So we will get ready for this uh, game against Tampa <laughs> on Saturday. Awesome win on Tuesday against Calgary. Good job, guys. All right. Thanks, so we are presented by DraftKings once again. Our amazing sponsor and hockey fans, DraftKings is really coming through for you right now, as they always do. They are the official sports betting partner of the NHL. And right now, you can feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers, all you got to do is just throw down $1. That's all you got to have. $1 on any team you want, any team. And you can get $150 in free bets if they win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the NHL 21 and up restrictions apply. Please see our show notes in the episode description for gambling help and responsible gambling practices. If you need help with that, you've got the daily fantasy hockey contest as well. If the sports book's not available in your state yet, like Rich's state of Kentucky. <laughs> and <laughs> also, as I can say, personal experience, DraftKings is a safe, secure and reliable source for your sports gambling best of all 
you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So go do that. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code THPN. Let's go and look. Now that we got these playoff vibes, this playoff fever, even though we don't have it officially looked locked up yet, but getting close. Getting close. We're going to scoreboard watch on this Dallas Flames game. Uh, have you checked it out lately, Rich? Where are we at with that score? Uh, just a little bit ago, Lindsay said it was 0-0 after the oh, first. Oh, first intermission, 0-0. Zero zero. All right. Yeah. Let's look at the stats here. What's going on in this game? Wow, Hopefully Calgary's in another defensive battle once again. Uh, 11 shots on goal for each team through the first period. Flames go. already got six penalty minutes. Uh, wow. They must have taken a page out of the uh, Preds book. <laughs> um, yeah, so – we That's will keep crazy. an eye on that. We would like the Flames to go ahead and lock up the Pacific Division tonight and hand the Stars another loss. So let's see. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. That. So let's go back and look at some of the best individual playoff performances in Preds history. Yep. Now, the first ever playoff appearance for the Predators was <laughs> the 2006 playoffs. It took them five seasons of existence to get into the playoffs. And they had their guy, Paul Correa, one of the all-time great Predators. Even though the Predators did lose in five games to the San Jose Sharks in that first playoff appearance, Paul Correa had a really good series, putting up two goals, five assists, two power play goals. Paul Correa was one of the one of the best players the Predators have had ever signed that Up didn't that start with the team. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, you go chronologically here. 2007, the Predators once again lost in five games to the San Jose Sharks. Those Sharks teams in the mid 2000s, yeah. they were strong. They were. I, remember that. I vaguely remember just because that was really when I was starting to become a Predators fan and start really watching hockey. Didn't yep. know a ton about the sport yet, but I really liked watching it. Um, I just remember <laughs> looking at both teams and thinking, okay, the San Jose Sharks are giants, and the Predators are like. Regular sized people, <laughs> normal sized folks. I mean, the Predators were just getting bullied left and right mm-hmm. against a team like the Sharks in those days. Yeah, for sure. But I, rem- I remember when the Sharks were an expansion team. First year they came into the league, I had a I had a San Jose hat because I liked I liked the logo. I thought it was yeah. Awesome. They had a cool logo. They had some really good players back in the day. They mm-hmm. were they were fun. T- they were one of those teams that just could not get it done in the playoffs. They yep. could not get it done. They've always been that way. They've always been the butt of the joke, kind of like flame, uh, kind of like the uh, Maple Leafs. Only mm-hmm. the Sharks don't have that history. They don't have that proud history. <laughs> you or mean whatever. the Sharks haven't been around since 1920 or no, whatever? No, they haven't. <laughs> they have not. All right. Here's one of my first re- where it really <laughs> sticks out to me where I remember, okay, this is a really one of the better individual playoff performances in team history. And you gotta like you really gotta start looking through and getting to when the Predators had a legit chance to win in the first round because it took them a while to get over that first round hump. But 2011, do you remember a player by the name of Joel Ward, Rich? I'm familiar with that name. He all, he went on to have a decent career after his Preds career. He mm-hmm. ended up playing for the Capitals after his Preds career, and Joel Ward was Mister <coughs> Clutch. Any Preds fans, if you're watching the YouTube stream, you've been watching this team for a while, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Joe mm-hmm. Ward was Mr. Clutch. He wasn't a Philip Forsberg. He wasn't a one of the highly skilled best players on the ice all the time. 
but he was Mr. Clutch. He really showed up in the big moments. We do our Clutch Performers of the Week all the time, Rich. Joel Ward would have regularly have been in our Clutch Performers of the Week if we were doing Clutch Performers of the Week back in 2011. <laughs> I think we'd be at like episode 1,000 by now, Rich, if we were oh, starting wow. the podcast back then. That would be so cool. <laughs> but yeah, so Joel Ward in 2011, the <coughs> Predators won their first ever playoff series in 2011 by knocking out the Anaheim Ducks in six games. And Mr. Joel Ward scored three goals and two assists and a power play goal in those six games. Then you go to the next series, second round. Yes, the Predators lost in six to the Vancouver Canucks, which was another gigantic team with tons of superstars. Felt completely outmatched, but the Predators took them to six games. Joel Ward scored another four goals in that series, added four assists, had a game-winning goal in that series to give his playoff total in 2011 to seven goals, six assists in 12 games. That's strong. Over a point-per-game score for a player that was more of a role player. He wasn't like a top line. Just, I mean, he was a great player. He might have been in the top six. I can't remember. But he was definitely not one of those. So he really rose to the occasion in that series. Yep. Just proves any of them can get hot. Absolutely. We got an- I got another one. This is way more recent. This is 2017. The, oh, yeah. the awesome, amazing run to the Stanley Cup, the magical run magical to the Stanley run. Cup. How about a current player that's on the team right now, a current player that, that it's taken on a much different role than what people probably thought he was destined to take on at the time. Yep. And that is Mr. Colton Sissons. In Absolutely. 2017 – he scored a hat trick in the elimination game to take out the Anaheim Ducks to go to the Stanley Cup final. There you go. How do you top that, Rich? Awesome moment for that dude. I know that. That's incredible. You know what's that doesn't crazy? happen very often. You know I don't what's know crazy what the about, stat is. But. You know what's crazy about that entire run to the Stanley Cup that year? Sissons turned into like a huge offensive performer during that playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. He had three assists in the series against St. Louis. He racked up three assists. Uh, he everyone thought he had a goal. He had one goal and one assist against Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup final. I remember thinking at the time, Colton Sissons is destined to be possibly a top line, a, a second line center at it that would point. Have, would have appeared because yeah. the Predators had already signed Ryan Johansson in a trade to send off Seth Jones. So Ryan Johansson was totally expected to be the long-term top-line center on the Jofa line, as we all know. But at the time, Colton Sissons was on a trajectory where you thought he could be a second-line center. This guy's got some offense. Yep. He's got some offensive skill, and he still does. But yeah. he's just he took on a completely different role <clears throat> yeah. for this franchise for that sure. anyone probably thought at that time. I seem to remember he got. Screwed out of a goal, too, didn't he? He did. The hashtag yeah. Sisson scored in the scored. Stanley Cup final. And all yeah. you got to do, you see the overhead still image of that, and the puck is clearly across the red line. Somebody brought the – oh, somebody put uh, something on Twitter, and it said uh, if you had a time machine and could change something for your yeah. team, what would it be? Kyle Perkins uh, yep. said hashtag Sisson scored. <laughs> Absolutely. Never yeah. forget that. 
So uh, the thing about Sissons now is he's still so valuable to this team. I think you clearly know that, Rich, and any of our listeners who have been listening since the expansion draft episode totally knows my love for Colton Sissons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just takes. He just took on a completely different role than anyone expected. Now he's more right. of a glue guy. He's to, he's a big part of the herd line. Of course, he takes face offs. He does the dirty things, and that's great too. You got to have players like that. Yep. He kind of took over a little bit of the Cali Yarncroft role. He did a little bit. Yep. He did. Kind he of sure all did. around, just yeah, glue guy. So he's like a he's like the Selk. You know, the Selk Award is goes yep. to uh, we should call it the annual Patrice Bergeron Award. <laughs> yeah, but um, he wins that a lot. That's for but sure. But he's kind of like in that category of a really good defensive all around forward. Yep, for sure. Uh, did you write down any rich here, or do you want me to keep going down well, my list? And- uh, I. Was trying to think of some, and I th- actually thought of this one, but Mike Twitter beat me to it, so I'm going to put it uh, up here. Good old that. Mike Twitter's always beating That's us right. on these. The Luke Cunning game winner in double OT versus Carolina. Yes, that was the one after they that won that uh, Luke Cunning like jumped up into the air and like hit the glass, and everybody was afraid he was going to hurt himself. Yeah, yes, that was a good. That was, that was good exciting, time. man. That was that totally was. exciting. Good one there. That's good entry from uh, Mike Twitter. Luke Hunt in the game-winning one. overtime goal. What? <laughs> well, not to be Debbie Downer here, but uh, didn't we kind of see Luke Cunning taking another step forward in his offense this year, and it just quite hasn't panned we out. Were, I remember us talking after the season was over how excited we were to see how well he would do this season. <laughs> And he's and, uh, still a really young player. No yeah, one's not, saying, yeah, no one's saying, nothing. you know, like I, I'll be interested to see if he's trade bait this offseason. I don't know. But um yeah. Yeah. No um, one's saying his career's over. He's got a long career ahead of him, but I did expect him to sure. take a step forward, and we haven't really seen it uh this yeah. season. <clears throat> At least yeah. not offensively. And no. he's and Cunning's one of those players that's been guilty of a lot of bad penalties this year yes. as well. Yep. He's, he's a hothead. He's, he's not the only one. He's not the only not. one, but he's one of them. Yeah, he's definitely one of the main. All uh, right, that's a good one for Mike Twitter. Vendors. It's a really good one. All right, I've got one from 2015. The reason why I'm framing this is such a big deal is because it's kind of when this player said, you know what, I've arrived. I'm here. I'm here okay. for a long time. And hopefully like he's here for a long time past this season. Rich, I think you know where I'm going with this. 2015 playoffs, Philip Forsberg had a really, really good playoff showing. He was still very new to the team. We knew he was mm-hmm. skilled. We knew we got him in a in a trade. We traded away our beloved Martin Erat, who was at the end of his career. But Martin Erat was a very long time and mm-hmm, important player to this early days of this team trade him for a young Philip Forsberg who hadn't even played an NHL game yet it will be in the nightmares of Capitals fans forever but in those 2015 playoffs I know the Predators lost in six games to the Blackhawks they didn't get out of the first round against uh, a Blackhawks team that was still a dynasty at that point Yep. Um, but Forsberg still really showed out in those six games put up four goals two assists, 22 shots on goal in six games. And I do remember that series and thinking glass half full. I was like, I'm really excited about this Forsberg guy. Yeah, heck yeah. Like, I was like, okay, this is this guy is going to be special. 
Like, we've got ourselves a good offensive player finally. So, I put him on the list. Also in that series, even though they lost, James Neal also had a really good series, put up four goals. That was one of those series where, honestly, I don't even think Predators fans were that upset about it. They were just like, look, we took them to six games. The Blackhawks are who they are. They're a dynasty. For sure. We, We did what we could. I remember a lot of fans thinking, we're getting there. We're getting close. Like, we're not that far away from doing something special in the playoffs. And what do you know? I mean, they, they were, were two years away from going to the cup final. Two years away, yep. So, pretty cool. So, I had to throw Forsberg in there because that was a big That's deal good. at the That's time. Very good. Absolutely. You got another one, Rich? Well, so, you know, as people know, I haven't watched the Predators as much as you have. So, the only thing memories that I have are from the, – the good ones anyway are from last season. Against the Unfortunately, you've had some bad ones. You've had some bad. I have ones. had some bad ones. We had the so, we had the Dallas uh, losing in the first round to Dallas. There's nothing to remember from that one, Rich. Trust me, I went back one. and looked. I went yep. back and looked at that series. Unless you want to throw in Rocco Grimaldi, who scored three goals in that series. Yep. Um, not much to pull next, from that one. The next year was the COVID year. Nothing. That, the nothing. Stanley Cup bubble was a complete and utterly. I just Sad occurrence. So excited for them to were get back we? and play in the bubble. We, we were just excited that we were getting hockey That's back, true. though, honestly. That's true. We were. And then last season, you know, obviously the Carolina Hurricanes taking them to six was awesome. So so how about we throw this one in here, Rich? How about we throw UC So I don't think – I'm not saying UC Soros had the best ever individual mm-hmm. performance in playoff history. But I do think that Soros deserves some love for how he played against Carolina in that series last year. Yep. Uh, and I did write it down as, as part of the list. He put up a nine two one save percentage, say 232 shots out of 252 shots faced against yep. a highly loaded Very Canes loaded. team. Most of your predictions for that series was either a sweep or – Maybe it would go to five, but no one gave the Predators yeah. any chance to make that an interesting series. I yeah. totally remember looking at all the – they put it out every year during the playoffs, before the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. They uh, they they poll all the NHL experts and analysts, and they, they, they the predict each series and how many games it's going to go. And almost every yeah, expert predicted a sweep. Yep, I do remember that. I remember us talking about that, actually, for sure. Yeah. yeah, so I, I do think we mm-hmm. deserve we should show some love to Soros. And another reason why you should show, show some love to Soros for that performance is because that was his first it was. playoff series where even though Pecorine was not officially retired yet, we all knew Soros' team. It was the first playoff series where we're there who are going to laugh at us and be like, but wait, 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 what about in the Stanley Cup final? He completely fell apart against the Penguins. First of all, he did not completely fall apart against the Penguins. He right. did have a couple bad games against that Penguins in that series, most notably the two games yep. in Pittsburgh. He did. He did not perform well, and he kind of like struggled a little bit. Well, he but is a human. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's cover being. the in, let's cover the entire march to the Stanley Cup final in 2017. Mm-hmm. First of all, the four game sweep against Chicago in the first round. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for his numbers in that series? I am. am. He made 123 saves on 126 shots 
over four games for a nine seven six <laughs> save percentage. Doesn't get any better than that. Pecorine forever. Pecorine forever owns the Chicago Blackhawks franchise. Because not only did he do that, but he also eventually scored a goalie goal against them. Not in that series, obviously, but right. later on. A pure goalie, goalie goal. Pure <laughs> goal, too. A pure goalie goal. Yeah. Uh, so, none of that. Goaltender touched it and somebody else or hit passed it. And then he, you know, none of that. Straight in. No, just straight, just gangster. <clears throat> but uh, Pecorine is Pecorine is part owner of the Chicago Blackhawks now after yeah. that. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. 123 <laughs> saves on 126 shots oh, yeah. faced over a four-game span. Just I, yeah. I can't even wrap my head around it. I mean, But then just Pecorine follows that up in the second round against the St. Louis Blues by posting a .932 save percentage. There you go. Which is extremely solid. Of course. 150, 151 saves on 162 shots faced over a six-game span as the Preds win the series in six games. Then you go on to the Western Conference Finals. And Pekka puts up another very clutch and strong save percentage of .925. 172 saves out of 186 shots faced. So he literally, I don't say he literally just completely carried the team because there were some really good showings in that playoffs. Forsberg had a really great uh, playoff run there. Ryan Ellis stepped up in moments. Ryan Johansson stepped up in really good moments. It was a, it was a team effort. It was, Mm -hmm. it wasn't all Pecorino. But the fact that Rene in those first three series to get the Predators to the Stanley Cup final put up those types of save percentages against those types of teams, it's got to be your number one best individual playoff performance in team yep. history. And it's going to be really hard to beat that ever. Definitely. What a good good thing to talk about Pecorino again. It's so awesome. And unfortunately, the Predators don't have a long traditional playoff history like some of your Blue Blood teams, but... Hopefully, we will add another one to that list this year if the Predators do indeed end up getting across the finish line and getting into the playoffs this year. Let's really hope that we can add to that list this offseason. Yep, Yep, for sure. Get some – get out of the first round. Be awesome. All right, so anyone who's listening to the podcast right now, tweet the show at Catfish Ice. Tell us if we missed anybody. Tell us if there's a playoff performance you remember from an – from a former Preds player and share it with the show. You can share it right now on our YouTube channel. We will share it with our listeners. Or if you're listening to the podcast on the audio version, tweet us at catfish ice or send us a DM on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well. Yep. Hit us up on YouTube, hit subscribe button while you're there. Do all the good stuff. We will, we love interacting with our listeners as you know. All right, let's get episode 123 wrapped up of Catfish and Ice presented by DraftKings. And we are, of course, a part of the awesome Hockey Podcast Network affiliated with tons of hockey podcasts that are so amazing that we share. One for every team and then some. And then some. There's so many good ones out there that you need to check out. So make sure you follow the Hockey Podcast Network as well at HockeyPodNet to follow all your favorite hockey podcasts. 
This is your host, Chad Minton, with co-host Rich Howe. We're going to wrap up episode 123. We're going to go back and do some NHL quick hitters on this oh, non-Preds game. Our power rankings, too. Oh, okay. We'll wrap up the show with the power rankings. Let's do yep, our NHL sure. quick hitters first. Good job, Rich. Yep. I was totally going to forget yep. about our power rankings. Yep. Last right. one of the let's, season. Let's talk about our news real quick. It's pretty cool. Um, the Predators will be participating in oh, the yeah. Global Series to open up next season. Against the San Jose Sharks. I like that opponent, too. That might give us a chance to um, get another 8-0 to zero win. Oh, phew. that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be so amazing. Yeah. Right. You, so, you're going to go? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to record live uh, from Prague, Czech, Czech Republic. Czech Republic? Uh, yeah, hey, we got time to plan for it, at least. Yeah. We just need about, you know, <laughs> 10 grand each. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. you know, that's, that's chump change. At least. Chump but, change. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to be cool. I hear Prague's actually one of the more hidden yeah. treasures of Europe. I really yeah. have heard that. I think I've heard, heard that It's a as well. beautiful city. Supposed to be very So, um, very, very cool stuff there for the Predators. Yep. They are actually going to play a preseason game against um, a team from the Swiss National League, SC yep. Bern. They'll play That's a preseason game. Roman Yossi's team he played for. Very, very cool. Very mm. awesome. Yep. You'll also have the Colorado Avalanche and the Columbus Blue Jackets participating in a game in Finland. And that, wow. again, will be to open the 2022-23 season. So very cool to see the Predators get to spread their global brand. Because for branding purposes, it's really good uh, to uh, yeah. spread your brand out across overseas. So you might gain some new fans from over there. It's just a really good thing. And it once again shows that the NHL is very interested in getting yep. the Predators out there for some of these games. Yep. So it's so it's Predators in San Jose. And then who did you say? Avalanche and, and Blue Jackets. The, the Blue Jackets, yeah. Very random so, matchup, but it's that okay. is a random matchup. I was gonna <laughs> say, you know, the Predators out of all those considered a small market team. So it is good to get them yep. some global recognition, but Columbus is kind of a not they're kind of in the same boat a, a little bit, I would guess. So. The last time, uh, trivia question. Well, you, I wouldn't expect you to know this because I wouldn't expect anyone to know this unless you were just super, super smart and know everything about the Predators and their history. So I'm not going to even put you through this, Rich, unless you just want to guess. But when was the uh, first international game for the Predators? When was the last time they played internationally? I don't remember, but they played in China or something, didn't they? Japan, close Japan. enough. Japan. That was a that was actually a trivia question to you a long time ago that I gave. You. Oh my gosh, are you serious? And I probably mm-hmm. got it wrong. I, I definitely got it wrong, and I don't remember uh, what it was though. <laughs> yeah, October six, two thousand, the Predators played in Japan, and I did <laughs> get it go. wrong because now that I remember it, I remember being completely surprised and not even knowing that. Yeah, I yep. did definitely got that wrong, but yeah, that's cool. So that um, cool. Yep. can't awesome. wait for that. That's gonna be a cool way to open the season, for sure. Let's get yeah, to Alex crazy. Ovechkin, who oh, uh, is – I mean, this is a bigger milestone than maybe the casual hockey fan realizes. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin hits the 50-goal mark for the ninth time in his career. He is yep. only the third player in NHL history to do that. Me and my good buddy Clayton, the Dallas Stars fan, as you all know, we actually quizzed each other on this when we read it. We didn't know who the other two players were yet, and we asked each other before going to Google and – cheating we were like who are the other two players and uh we both said wayne gretzky immediately 
Yeah, I mean. But then we started thinking, well, who's the other player? And so then we start running through the all-time greats. We're like, okay, Mario Lemieux. You've got Yarmir Yager. You've Mark got Messier, Brett Hull. Naming, chill, no, yeah, we start naming all these players and thinking. And then um, what do you know? We did not name Mike Bossy. Yep, for sure. I didn't know that until I saw it today. So, yeah, that's awesome. We did. I, I got a chance to watch that Caps Vegas game, and it was a really, really exciting game. It was yeah. a really good game. Uh, I was obviously pulling for the Capitals. Capitals came back and uh, tied it on an Alex Ovechkin slap shot, his second mm-hmm. goal of the game to get number fifty. Yeah, and it was such a br- it was such a cold hearted goal that he scored. He was so far out from the from the net and just rips a slap shot. Just yeah. completely past the Vegas yep. goaltender, and he—who was the Vegas goaltender? Logan, Logan Thompson. Yeah, he I, was. I don't remember. He was way too far out of his net, in my opinion. He came out way too far. I don't think he necessarily expected Ovechkin to rip it from that far out, but yep. I mean, he blasted it. Poor <clears throat> goaltender. Such a great way to score goal number fifty. Yeah, for sure. So pretty amazing stuff there. So- yeah, he actually had – there was another record that he set that I, that I looked it up. It said he is the all-time record holder for goals scored in a single season by a player age 36 or older. I saw that as well. Yep. He passed, he passed uh, it. Timu Solani. Yes. Yep. Pretty cool. Did you also – did you also see where he declined a penalty? Yes, call? I did see that. That was pretty funny. That Everybody really said that everybody said that he was going to get called for embellishment, so he just like said, "Never mind." And they didn't call him. <laughs> they it's didn't call him. On him so. There's actually another cool milestone. He's really close. He might not end up breaking it, but he's chasing Wayne Gretzky on another milestone here. Did you hear about this one, Rich? I did not. So now Alex Ovechkin has 158 career multi-goal games, which tied him for second all-time with Brett Hull. Wow. Wayne Gretzky has 189 multi-goal games, so Ovechkin's still 31 multi-goal games behind Gretzky. Probably won't catch him in that. I'd be pretty surprised. Do you, do you real quick, do you think that Ovechkin will pass catch Wayne Gretzky? How close is he now? I don't know. He's 36 I, years old. I haven't tracked it. I, I I I remember trying to do the math and looking at this. Um, All time leading goal. We can look scores. it up. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, just um, look up the all-time leading goal scorers in NHL history. Uh, I was tracking it earlier in the season. I was trying to do the math, like how many goals he's going to have to average to to pull it yeah. off. I feel like after the season he's had this year, he's got a really good chance. All right, so he's setting – well, if this is updated, he's sitting at 780. So he's got <clears throat> 21 more to catch Gordy Howe, who has 801. Out, and Wayne Gretzky has 894. So that's like 114 more goals. So can he pull off two more seasons like he just had? He's going to have to – Probably – I mean, I, I don't so, know if he can – Two but, more, two more of that's going to get him at a hundred. So he's going to have to go one more season. But the, but the point, well, no, what I'm saying is, like, if he can get two more seasons and yeah. doing what yeah. he just did this season, yeah, he can keep up that same pace. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to lean towards he's going to fall short. I hate to say it, but he's got a puncher's chance to do it. He does. And it really depends on how much the record means to him. He might – I think he could play three more seasons. He looks pretty excited. He looked pretty excited every time he – Every time he would uh, pass somebody, he was pretty hyped up. Let's about say, it, so. let's say he plays two. So <laughs> you said he's how many goals short? One hundred fourteen. One hundred fourteen. So let's say that. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that he plays two more seasons after this, and he is goes into that off season at thirty eight years old, only fourteen goals shy of Gretzky's record. You really think he's going to hang up the skates and say, nah, no, I'm good. He's coming back. He is coming back and he's going to break that record. Yeah. I I think it's it's doable as long as it's a matter. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much longer he wants to truly play and how much does the record mean to him. And I'm assuming it means a heck of a lot to him. So he's got a really good chance to break it. He's a pretty tough dude too. Seems like so. Yeah. So pretty amazing. Let's get to something that's not such great positive news, and it's unfortunate. Oh, we hate to see it. Uh, Rich, crazy. how about you? How about you tell everybody what's going on with the former Pred here? Yeah. So apparently there was a story about uh, Ryan Ellis. He's been hurt the majority of the season. Um, the story basically said that like he doesn't want to hang around any of the teammates. Like he doesn't know about like. How how much he's really hurt? If he's going to get a surgery or anything, but he just doesn't like go anywhere with him, or, or just doesn't have anything to do with him at this point. So, um, how much? I, mean, I, just, I, I don't want to get totally bought into that <clears throat> that right. possibility. I don't want to call it a rumor, but mm-hmm. I don't want to get totally bought into that possibility until I know for sure all the facts, because that's mm-hmm. a really like bold yeah. thing to say about a player and <laughs> i'm is. sorry it just doesn't fit the the ryan ellis that i know when he played here yeah i yeah. feel like something's going on behind closed doors that we don't know about whether he's being treated like the medical staff's not handling it properly in philly i don't know i'm oh. not going to say one way or the other because i don't know enough of the facts and too much of it seems very up in the air that's just yeah. i mean and and him being hurt like doesn't give you much trade value at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird to see it. <clears throat> Somebody had put something on there too, about how he spends a lot of time still. In so I've been, I've been, I've been really following uh, the tweets from Anthony DeMarco yeah. who covers, is that the one yep. you've been seeing? He's NHL correspondent for the fourth period co-host of the uh, Brotherly podcast, covers the Flyers, of course. And uh, so I've really been following his updates, yeah. put, a, put a full story out there on it. He seems like he seems like a super credible journalist. And I mean, I don't – but he put out, if Ryan Ellis is ultimately not able to get healthy, doesn't want to be here, it makes the aggressive retool concept near impossible to fathom. Not to say it sounded amazing originally – but if Ellis were to come back, you could at least see it. But without him, it's hard to envision. So, yeah, the the Flyers are in a world of hurt right now as far as that whole – Yeah. Because they traded for him thinking they were getting themselves a, a top-line defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't remember how many games he played, but I know it wasn't 
more than five. Yeah, um, I don't remember. And there's head, another tweet from Anthony to uh, DeMarco here. Uh, in addition to the injury, there is a growing concern of Ellis's willingness to be around the team. According to a source, Ellis has not been seen around the team in over three weeks. There are some in hockey ops who are still not entirely sure what the issue is. Yeah. All I'm saying is there are two sides to every story, and it doesn't yep. seem to fit the Ryan sure. Ellis that we all know being yep. fans of the National Predators. So it's a really just unfortunate story because I love Ryan Ellis. He is such a classic. Oh, I know, I too. Hardworking, great player. I hate how it ended in Nashville. Mm-hmm. We hated how it ended in Nashville before this happened. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was really weird. Now, uh, yeah. And out of the blue when it did happen. Sort well, of. from a from a, purely from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. I thought it made sense to trade him. It does. It, it was does. like ripping the Band-Aid off a little bit there because yeah. as much as you don't – there's some players that business-wise it makes sense to trade them, but it doesn't mean that you don't still love the player and it sucks yeah. to see him go. That's kind of yeah. where I was at with Ryan Ellis. But um, yeah. we really little... hope that – we're just – we really hope that he gets a speedy recovery. And if, if it's not working out with the Flyers and there's something going on where they're mm-hmm. just not getting along – I mean, he's still only 31 years old. He should still yeah. have plenty of years left oh. in his hockey career. So Absolutely. if something's not working out with the Flyers, maybe I, – I don't know if he could end up somewhere else somehow. I don't know yeah. about his contract and all that. It might be tough to move him. Probably it is. I don't know. It's definitely going to be tough to move him if he's going to have to get surgery and with the injury concerns. I just hate it for a player like Ryan. Yeah. I hate it for any player, honestly. It's but definitely – Definitely sure. hate it for Ryan Ellis. So we hope everything works out with that. Um, yep. One more thing to quick quickly hit on in our NHL quick hitters: the playoff format change. Some people are out there really oh, yeah. uh, put putting their thoughts out about this that they don't really yep. like the whole wild card format. They don't like the thought of they kind of feel like they feel like it cheapens the regular <clears throat> season and it makes it to where you don't have a lot to play for because. Sometimes these wild card teams are actually drawing more favorable matchups than the two teams who made it That's in the true. top three. Yeah. So you're thinking you're thinking about a team like Minnesota, who mm-hmm. might maybe they would rather play a team like the Flames, but no, they're yep. going to have to play the Blues. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the argument. Yeah, that's valid, I guess. I saw somebody said something about like a all the teams play. Like a one through sixteen. You're talking about a one through sixteen format. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, like if if we're taking this current, the current standings right now, and it was a Mm -hmm. one through sixteen, Florida would play Dallas. No. The Preds would have to play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first Mm -hmm. round if we were doing one through sixteen. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, it seemed a little. What's the point? What's the point in having conferences if you're going to do it that way? I don't like that. That's true. Yeah. Now, the one through eight format is how the NBA used to do it, and that's how the mm-hmm. NHL used to do it. And basically, yep. you just seed it one through eight in each conference. And so if that's how it was going, then that would mean that the Predators would play – hold on, I'm looking at it. The Predators would be this, the, the uh, sixth seed – Mm-hmm. Which means they would take on Florida, Calgary. They they take on Minnesota in the first oh, round. Okay, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. I know know they try to build excitement with the wild card and like who's going to get in, who's not going to get in or whatever. And it kind of like the race that the Predators are in right now, it's kind of like, are they going to make it? They're not going to make it, but I don't know. Just leave it alone for now. Just leave it alone. That's how I feel about it. We always find – I feel like we're always finding something to argue and complain about when it comes to the NHL. It's like I get the NHL does it to themselves a lot, and the NHL does a lot of dumb things. But sometimes I feel like people are never going to be pleased. They're always looking for something to be annoyed by. If they want to do something, get rid of the shootout. If they want to do something impactful, get rid mm -hmm. of that. I hate the shootout so much. I get it. I'm not crazy about it either because it, but I, I like it. Here's a middle ground for me if we're talking about that. Why can't you extend overtime to 10 minutes instead of, yeah. yeah, because I feel like five minutes just isn't enough time. If you extended overtime to 10 minutes, most of your games would still be decided before it gets past five minutes. Yeah. But if you extended it to 10 minutes, you would almost ensure that it never mm-hmm. reaches a shootout. Oh, absolutely. 10 minutes. And it's also- 10, well, 10 minutes of three-on-three hockey is more than enough time to – Oh, yeah. Someone's going to score a goal. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's weird that they do that, and that's not what the rule is in the playoffs. I've also seen a really – I've also that's seen true. a really funny suggestion in the past from people. I've seen more than a few people offer this, and it's just honestly just trying to be funny. But they've even said, okay, after the first five minutes, if no oh. one has scored, a position player has to play goalie. Yeah, I remember each seeing team, that. Each team gets to pick another play, a player on the other team that has to play goalie. Yep. Then somebody said, if it's still not decided, the goaltenders fight <laughs> center ice or something. Hey, yeah. it would get ratings. Oh, yeah. It would definitely yeah. get more ratings, but it'd be a Absolutely. little funky. But, yeah, it's, it's still funny. It's crazy. Uh, we'll just uh, – we'll throw Tanner Janot in the net, I guess. I don't know. We will. But good luck. Good luck getting the NHL. Good luck getting the NHL Players Association to agree to that. Yeah, I will say the playoffs are so super exciting, and the hardest cup trophy to win in any sport is the Stanley Cup. And for sure, it's that's that's what makes it so special is because of how hard it is to win it. So you've got to win sixteen games. You got to win sixteen games of mm-hmm. grinded out grueling hockey. With yep. very few breaks in between yep. to and win with, the Stanley Cup. And with each of these teams has the ability to beat each other on any given night. Yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely that, the hardest. It's, it's it's, definitely I think it's tough. definitely the hardest. Definitely the hardest team trophy to win. It's gonna you're not gonna change my mind on that. It's awesome. all right. Rich, get us started on our power rankings. It's our final edition <sighs> of the battle for the central power rankings. We've been doing this all season. Uh, we, I'll, I'll, I'll do the legwork on this. I'll tweet it out tomorrow. I'll go back okay. and listen to the first episode of the season and see what oh our preseason God. rankings were, Rich. <laughs> but I'll share that on on our social media page uh, at Catfish yep. Ice. I'll share that yep. tomorrow. I'll, I'll go back and look. But let's do our final edition of the season of our Battle for the Central awesome. Division Power Rankings. Cool. Number eight is Arizona. Oh, Rocket. breaking news. Breaking I looked news. it up. I looked it up. They have only moved from the eighth position in my ranking twice this whole season. I think we're about the same. I remember yeah. moving them up a couple times, but I did a couple times, and they then came that, crashing down every time. And that obviously means Chicago is seventh. 
Hold they on. Started at seventh. Hold on. Let's go back to Arizona real quick. Real quick. Okay. Did you yep. see what they're charging for tickets at this glorified high school gymnasium? I did. You talk about jacking up the prices to try to earn you get some money. The cheapest tickets seat. I saw, the cheapest tickets I saw were like $130. That's insane. I saw $400 tickets in like the lower section. I'm like, what's considered the lower section? Like everyone's going to be like, like the, the $130 section in the $400 section, they're going to be able to talk to each other. Like it's not that big of an arena. I'm telling you for $400, I better be sitting on the bench with the players. Cause that's how are you going to charge $130 for the cheapest tickets? I don't for, know. I mean, First of all, I'm buying the $130 tickets if I got to go because I'm still going to be pretty close to the action. It's a 5,000 seat. For sure. I think they're selling selling it as kind of a um, um, you're going to get to go. Well, you're going to get to be in a 5,000 seat arena. You're going to get to see Austin Matthews play up close. You know, right, it's kind of a, a, kind of a, what I don't even know what you want to call it, but it's like, you, you're, you, we're going to charge. You'll be intimate. You want to be like close to the action. You're going to, it's going to yeah. be way more intimate than going to a large arena when Absolutely. you're sitting up in the nosebleeds. Yeah. That's even, it. That's even, it. Yeah. For that's sure. an interesting marketing strategy. Yeah. I mean, even the people that are paying $130 are going to have, they're going to be really close. Perfect view. Yeah. That's so, good. That, that is cool. good. That's kind of, it's kind of cool. cool. You kind of convinced me there. Yeah. I still didn't expect to see him that high, but that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Chicago's definitely number seven. Yep. It's pretty crazy when you look at the standings, you see how it's all winding down and Mm -hmm. how big of a gap it is between number seven and number eight to the rest of the field. Oh, for sure. Chicago is 18 points behind Winnipeg. And Chicago, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they're the biggest disappointment in the league. I think that belongs to Vegas probably. Mm-hmm. But I will say that Chicago is still a pretty big disappointment this year for the league, for, for them yep. as, as far as teams that were supposed to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Chicago was coming into the season as a um, a top two team in the division or anything like that. But I think a lot of people expected a lot more out of them than what they've gotten. Huge expectations that's for sure i mean they're i mean they're gonna finish they're gonna finish under 70 points most likely that is a horrendously bad season for a team that was supposed to take another step forward and they've got some good they they've got some yeah they made the big move for seth jones they they made nine and a half million dollars next season (laughs) they made it they made that big move to get mark andre Fleury. And yeah, they ended up they ended up unloading him at the trade deadline to um mm-hmm. to Minnesota, which we're really happy for Flurry that he got out of oh, there. Yeah, for sure. But uh yeah, just a completely horrendous yep. season for Chicago. And I didn't I'm not gonna shed one tear about it. Nah. I might shed good. a happy I sh- I'll shed a happy tear. How about that? Yep. For sure. But yeah, so yeah, definitely number seven. Number yep. six is definitely going to still be Winnipeg. Again, another pretty big gap between number six and the rest of the yeah, field. We thought sure. Winnipeg was going to make a late push there, and they were trying. <laughs> They're on a three-game losing streak right now. Another <coughs> team Another team that is a huge disappointment, though. They yep. were, they should have been a little bit better. 
I don't remember what episode it was, but I was kind of flipping back. We had them, or I had them, oh, week eight when we started doing this, they were number one. They were on a seven-game win streak, and they were sitting at the top of the Central Division. You're really making us not look too great right now. <laughs> we had the number one. But they were at the time. They, they were. were. They were like at the top of the Central Division. So, and they yeah, completely I mean, fell apart. That's good, though. That's apart. That goes yep. to show you how much it can change. Yep, uh, for sure. All right. Are we ready to finally believe in the Predators and put them ahead of Dallas? I did. Dallas has had bad games too. So, you know what? Only because of that Calgary win, I will agree with you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's it's yeah. really I'm not super confident when I. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, a seven game series against Dallas. If it happened, I'm still thinking tough. it might. I'm still thinking it would go seven. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, just you look at their record, how close it is. Yeah, I think I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, it's weird. If the Preds, team... if the Preds lose that game on Tuesday against Calgary, yeah, and they lose to another like legitimate playoff team, then I'm probably going to put Dallas ahead of them at this point. But since yep. the Preds did prove me wrong and proved something to me yep. by beating Calgary on Tuesday, that really did mean a lot to me to this about this team. I. We'll go ahead and put them ahead of Dallas. Dallas, of course, is going through a really, really rough patch right now at the worst time. Mm-hmm. They're going through a similar spot to what the Predators were going through there yeah. for a little bit. So it, It's um, funny how they're so close together as teams. They really are. I mean, like, they are tied 1-1 with the Flames right now. Uh, we said we'd update you on that game as we went through. It's now coming down towards the end of the second period, and it's a 1-1 game. That guy, yep. Jason Robertson, who's one of the good up and coming young stars of this league. Dude, a stud, he man. scores he just scored his 38th goal of the season uh with yeah. a power play goal. The young Jason yeah. Robertson, who was a rookie last year, mm-hmm. is pushing the door on 40 goals this season. So that's For game's sure. tied one to one. We'll keep an eye on that game. For sure. Yeah, he's he's really awesome. I like him. All right. We got a tough one here. We got the Blues and the Wild. They're both tied at 103 points. I think we're going to agree on this, though. Even though the Minnesota Wild are technically in second place, thanks to tiebreakers, and also because they do have one less game played than St. Louis, I'm still going to put the Wild at number three and the Blues at number two in our final rankings. I did that as well. Um, St. Louis – in their last nine games, only had one overtime loss. So that's why I'll put them in second. St. Louis is also a plus 68 goal differential on the season, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Whereas the Preds are plus 20, you know, so they're kind Mm -hmm. of like closer, but that's still a good, that's still impressive, especially considering the Preds have had so many lopsided losses and they're still plus 20 overall. So that's pretty good. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Minnesota, I'm sorry, I think Minnesota is one of those teams that's going to be destined to possibly be a first-round exit because they're going to have to play St. Louis. Even if they get home ice mm-hmm. advantage and they do finish in second place, yep. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call my shot right now. At the very worst, 
At the very yeah. worst, it goes six games. But I could see St. Louis actually knocking out the Wild in five. I tend to agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think St. Louis would definitely. I think it's going to be a quick. I think it's going to be a quick. Up. I think it's going to be a very quick and painful series for Minnesota Wild fans. I'm sorry. I, I just, I just don't think they're quite there yet. They do have some really good players. I do. They do have some good scores. Yeah, but I don't think they're quite there yet as far as winning in the playoffs. Whereas the St. Louis Blues, they are ready to win now. They've got veterans. They've got proven scores. I don't yep. like Jordan Bennington at all, but I don't even know Jordan Bennington is going to be their starter. It might be Huso for all I know. I think it's probably Huso. The pre- the um, Blues have a really good defensive core. They've got it all. They check all the boxes to win a Stanley Cup this year. And I don't like saying that, but I'm being objective here. Yeah, for so sure. I, and I think that's why some Minnesota Wild fans don't like this whole format where two has to play three. In the mm-hmm. first round. That makes sense. That, I do understand that perspective there. Because like, oh, yeah, we worked hard to get second place in the division all season, and we get to play the third-place team in the play, first round. Yeah, the, the buzzsaw that is St. Louis right now. That's yeah. why I, I do kind of understand why some fans are upset about the playoff format. Yeah. St. Louis, man, they just – I'll give them props. They came on at the right time because they are just – destroying teams so it's awesome good for them i guess and then of course no questions here the team that's been at the top yep all season pretty much for us colorado avalanche i think at one point we really stupidly enough put didn't we put the preds ahead of the avalanche for one week well probably a little bit because remember they were really bad like they had a bunch of hurt players and they were and they and they well they had a bunch of covid players yeah, and, and we, kept saying, we kept saying, and Colorado, they, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. This same team has also lost twice to the Arizona Coyotes this year yeah. somehow, which makes no sense whatsoever. But uh, either way, Colorado Avalanche, 116 points. They are battling neck and neck with the Florida Panthers for the curse of the President's Trophy. So <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> we'll, is that what you wrote down to? I said, I, I said, will they get the president's trophy, and do they want the president's trophy? I think they want it. I think they. I, I think they'll happily. But first of all, they have no reason to play for it. They're going to be the top overall seed in the Western Conference, no matter what happens. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yep. So, um, Florida Panthers. By the way, we're looking at goal differentials here. So, Colorado's yeah. plus eighty six. Florida is plus one oh three. That's insane. Wow. I mean, I'm gonna I would be very interested to go back and look at some of the highest goal differentials in past seasons because that's gotta be would, up there. I would think that would be one of them. Yeah, they beat uh Detroit tonight five to two. So that put them at one oh three tonight. Um telling you, man, Florida gets doesn't win the Stanley Cup this year, it's gonna be Oh, you know they're not gonna win it. Yeah, probably not. The, the top the yeah. top team that shows out in the regular season for whatever reason just, just can never figure out a way to, to make it yeah. through the playoffs. That's why we say it's the hardest trophy in sports to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they'll be that'll be crushing for those All guys. All right, real quick then, Rich, real quick. Let's do this to wrap it up. Episode one twenty three. I'll I'll give my after you give me yours. 
give me your dark horse team. And it, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a wild card team necessarily, but just give me an under under the radar dark horse team that might be able to win the Stanley Cup. You can't say Colorado and you can't say Florida. Don't say Tampa, but I'll let you pick some of these other teams. Um, who has a legitimate chance? I would want to like want to say Boston, but I don't think they have a chance. Um, Pittsburgh, maybe they seem to be playing oh really well. If Pittsburgh wins it, I'm gonna. Be I don't want to so say it. You know, I don't want to say it, but yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a rival team of Pittsburgh. Actually, we were just talking about Alex Ovechkin. No, oh, that's yeah. I was actually gonna say him too or them. The Capitals. I, I would be definitely okay with that. Um, the Capitals are in the wild card right now in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. They are the second wild card team. They could figure out a way to move up and get out of the wild card. It's still possible for them. But right now, they are the final wild card team in the Eastern Conference. And we've already talked about this plenty of times. The Eastern Conference is so stacked from top to bottom. You can't even really pay attention to playoff seeding when it comes to the Eastern Conference because, honestly, all eight of those teams could 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 go on a run. Yeah. But so I'm going to say right now, I'm going to say right now, Washington Capitals, they're my dark horse under the radar Stanley Cup pick. I'll take so, it. You can, you can take Pittsburgh. So if they're second in the wild card, that means they would play – They play Florida. Which one? Florida? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. They might get out of that. They might get out of that spot. Yeah. If they can pass Pittsburgh, who's only two points ahead of them, mm-hmm. then they could avoid playing Florida, and then they play the Rangers in the first round. Yeah, Either way, I, I, you're in the Eastern yeah. Conference. You're going to have a tough first round matchup. I don't no, care who absolutely. you are. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted. I wanted to say Boston um, Penguins blanked them tonight. <laughs> no, I think I, that's a good pick by you. Penguins is still a good pick. Yeah. That's still a good pick. You'll take Penguins. I'll take Washington Capitals. As much as we're going to do a that. full once the playoff field is officially set and the regular season's over, we are going to do a full episode so special playoff preview. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. We're going to try to line up some good guests for that episode. We will do all of our playoff predictions. We're going to predict every playoff series for our playoff yep. special episode. Love the playoffs. Hopefully the Predators will be involved in those predictions. So we will save our Stanley Cup picks for that episode. But we just did give you some Dark Horse picks there. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I got to get ready to move out of my house. I am pretty much my house. My house is destroyed right now. I'm moving out out in less than 48 hours out of my house. And as I get ready to go on my journey to Tampa Bay, Florida, that's where I'm moving. You're going to have a yard sale, right? Yeah, big old yard sale. If wow. anybody wants to buy a sectional couch, I will give it to you. you oh, wow. I just that. want you to get it off my property. Just take it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. All right, but yes, I'm uh, getting ready on my journey. And I'll leave that's you with fun. this. The coincidence of all coincidences here. The day I'm moving out of my house, as I get ready to move to Tampa Bay, Florida, the Predators play the Tampa Bay Light. It's, uh, what do they call that? It's kind of... That's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Good it's coincidence. Pretty strange. That's pretty cool strange. Thing. All it's right. Awesome. I need the predators. Need the predators to go ahead and take care of business there and make me feel better about that. Yep. All right, sure. everybody. 
Thanks a lot. This has been Catfish and Ice, episode 123. We hope you have a great weekend. We will see you back next week for a brand new episode of Catfish and Ice, presented by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a good one.